Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Welcome back to starting a private practice podcast uh, with your host from Zinimi. I'm Miranda. And I'm Kelly. And today we have the amazing Colleen King opening up a little piece of her practice to us through a live coaching session where we're going to be digging into marketing. We've been talking a lot about marketing plans, what you need in a marketing plan, what are the common questions, and now you get to see what a marketing plan in action looks like in a private practice. I just want to give a shout out to all of our people who show up to be coached so that you all can learn. It's a very vulnerable and brave thing. So let's get started. Yes. Um, This for most people having a marketing plan and implementing it is like kind of the first step, but along the way things come up. So today, Colleen, for you, where are you at in terms of what's your big question that you'd like coached on today regarding your marketing plan and your marketing for your private practice? Yeah, um, I've tried a variety of marketing approaches, um, uh, like starting like seven or eight years ago when I first started my practice. And I did a lot of the things in business school, uh, like networking on LinkedIn and with other therapists, other professionals, social media, blogging. And I worked really hard the first couple of years and that got got my practice going. And so um and so I didn't do a lot of marketing. Like I kind of just periodically would do some marketing, write a blog or um do a Facebook live. Like, uh, I think I've done like four of them or something. Uh, (laughs) um, But I don't have like a a rhythm or a pattern because I've been mostly full um, like the last three or four years. So I've, I've just kind of gotten out of the habit of marketing other than connecting with other like therapists and getting referrals. um, and so now I'm um, I'm kind of refining my ideal client and learning more therapy approaches and raised my fee. And so I'm like in a place where I need to kind of refine my marketing and um, my, so my, my biggest question is trying to figure out like the best way for me to market that feels where I, I come across authentically. Mm -hmm. Um, and that actually, you know, reaches my ideal client, um, and, and takes into account like my strengths and challenges because I've tried to like force myself to blog or (laughs) do live videos or whatever. Like, I'm just going to do it. And I think um, think when we're starting out in our marketing, it's really great to try different things as you start to learn and discover. 
And then you can boil down to the essentials. And that's kind of what you've been Mm -hmm. doing for the past few years. But now that you're making a shift, almost kind of a revamp in your practice a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's starting again of saying, okay, what are my options and what aligns with me and meets with this ideal client? Are you really clear on who that ideal client is now? Yes. Yeah. I've been working on that. Perfect. Tell us about them. Um, They're a... um, anxious, high achiever, perfectionist, has um, really high expectations of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they are really passionate about their jobs or um, their values. Um, they work really, really hard and they feel like they, they, no matter how hard they work, they're not like doing it right. Like they, they perceive themselves as um, about to fail or they're anxious about, again, failing in air quotes here. Mm -hmm. Um, They're never good enough. Yeah. Is there a phase of life that you're wanting to target or is this just adults, teens, kids? Teens, usually like millennial Gen X Mm -hmm. kind of folks that are, um, usually in pretty high stress jobs like tech, you know, or attorneys or business or, um, you know, environmental science. Um, and they, they think that if they just strategize and analyze, they can figure out the magic key to make things feel easier for them because they perceive others that like they've figured it out. And for some reason, they just have to work harder. They're not working hard enough to figure out like the, the, the magic answer where they don't have to have uncomfortable emotions. <laughs> and one more clarification, are we looking at insurance-based or cash-based clients? Cash-based. Okay. Awesome. And then in the past, you specialized with bipolar bipolar clients in particular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I I have a clear sense that you've still attracted some of these individuals that are your ideal clients into your yes. practice. Have we yes. looked at how those people came across to you and why mm-hmm. they reached out to you in particular? Yeah. So I I have on my website I I meet with adults that live with anxiety, depression, or bipolar disorder. And that, so those, those kinds of uh, symptoms impact like their daily living and then their self-worth. And so, um, so usually folks either get diagnosed by their primary care doc or maybe uh, mental health providers in the past, or they've diagnosed their self through like info on Instagram, um, <laughs> blogs, right? Um, and and they go, oh, I have anxiety, or I think this is depression, or like I have big emotions and then I shut down. This is bipolar disorder. Um, oftentimes they have trauma, um, developmental trauma. Um, and so it's kind of a combination of all those folks that I, I attract. And how are they finding you? Is it a referral that sent them? They come to your website. Like what are the, what are the channels that have brought them to you? 
Yes, those two things, mostly Googling, um, going to my website and uh, referrals. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think going back to like, oh my gosh, when I started out, it was a lot of work. It was kind of a marathon to get my website to that first page of Google. It was a lot of blogging. It was a lot of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes when we start to make a shift, it can feel like we're going to have to like repeat that. Um, and I wonder if like, you actually really don't have to do that. Right. Um, so (laughs) 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 you don't have to do that. Um, do you know about how many people are coming to your website right now? Like how many people are finding you per month? Uh, I forget. It's okay. Um, Yeah. Right. Um, I checked last month, but I don't remember the number. That's okay. okay. So the first thing that I would do is look at like what's happening with those numbers, Mm -hmm. because when you already have an established website that is bringing in traffic and it's bringing in clients, but maybe they're not quite ideal. The very first thing that we work on is marketing messages, right? Mm -hmm. And creating a message that when those ideal clients, they don't come to the website and go like, oh, that kind of fits or like, maybe it does, or maybe it doesn't like, it's kind of there, but not really. I think that space of you like really claiming that in terms of a specialty page is like anxiety for anxiety, perfectionist, anxious people or what have you, like, here are the pieces that we, that we um, pull into. And I think that feels very different for most people than blogging right? Blogging feels like it's this like ongoing thing. I have to like keep doing over and over again um, versus just as a starting point, having a marketing message that like really ties in. Do you mm-hmm. have this new marketing message written up yet? No. Okay. Yes. No. So- I've done writing um, around the ideal client and the client journal. And so I did those. Yes. Um, but I haven't like created a specialty page or anything. Yeah. So I would really look at this as um, when we're building up this marketing plan for you, we're going to start at, with like the least amount. And then we're just going to add a little in as needed. Right. So think about this, like when you're cooking and you're making a pot of soup, um, Put a little salt and seasoning at a time and then like taste it and see how it feels. Don't dump all the salt in. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think your body is afraid that you're going to dump all the salt in that you're going to like, okay, I have to network 10 hours a week and I have to write seven blogs over the next seven weeks or what have you. Um, and so there may be even some, I want to say like some like internal repair with your body of saying like, Hey, I know that it feels different, but it's not going to be like last time we're in a different place. My website is showing up on searches. There's some little things we can do to get that showing up more, but there, there's a significant amount of traffic coming to my website. So let's start with just putting a message there. That's going to reach these individuals. And Mm -hmm. then from there, what if I shared that with people that I, that I actually enjoy talking to? Mm -hmm. Right. Where I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at that list and be like, oh, I have to call so-and-so. I'd be like, oh, I would love to call Kelly. I would love to talk to Colleen. Like it would be such a great chat. Like, could we start with the things that feel really effortless and easy and even just 
see or feel what that shifts in terms of the calls. I think that is really important, the safety that you create within yourself and regulating the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if we think about when people are starting their practice, they don't have a lot of analysis or data to go on. You have some data that you can look at, like Miranda Mm -hmm. saying, to inform you of some things. But for those who are listening who are just starting out, you want to make sure that the message of the niche that you're choosing to work with is really clear on your website. And I'm going to say on your homepage that it stands out a little bit more and that you have a specialty page. And then we start going through the marketing plan, right? So referral networking, you've done this before and who is in your corner, who celebrates you. And like Miranda saying, who do you feel safe to share? Hey, it's not like you're, I'm quitting the business. (laughs) I'm going to go sell real estate. You're just saying like, I have this I've been seeing a lot of clients lately and I'm noticing this pattern and Mm -hmm. this is how I've been helping them. And I'm really excited about it. And I'm wondering, do you, do you see this happening with a lot of the anxious people in your life? And like, where can you feel safe to start sharing that in past referral connections, colleagues, friends, family, get a list together and start there of like sharing of like, Hey, I want you to know what's going on. And it's authentic and it's you Mm -hmm. and you feel safe and doing that in a safe way. Then you could see, do I need, is there someone that's working with this ideal niche, this, this person that I don't have a referral for them? Like they really like personal trainers or they, they definitely are into like holistic health and I'm not connected with holistic providers or or, financial planners. Yeah. Like these are people that are anxious about Mm -hmm. the finances, career coaches and the career coaches going, look, you, you've done all the things. Why are you still anxious about whatever the next job is? Can you like settle into this position? And they're like, I don't, you you don't understand. I got a blah, blah, blah. Like who are all the people that this individual kind of goes to? But I I do think it's really important at this particular stage, right, for you to titrate that experience for yourself and go at the pace that feels really good when it comes to expanding your circle. Yeah. So always start with safety first Mm -hmm. and ease. And then you let that settle. And then you check in and say, what's missing here? You know, like, where do I need to make a new connection and then create the safety to be able to do that? Not pepper yourself and throw pasta on the wall or whatever metaphor we want to use where you're trying to just do all the things, but being Uh really like checked in with yourself of, Ooh, I, I want to connect with this kind of person. So first and foremost, leverage who you already know. And that goes for anyone who's starting their practice, you know, people, Yes. And there's people that love you and trust you and support you. Start with them. Yeah. How often do we not tell people closest to us what's going on in our businesses? I mean, even with, you know, I have, I have lots of feelings about social media, but the amount of, of business owners over the years that they've said, well, I made a business page for my webs for my, for my business. And then I posted there. I'm like, did you tell your friends and family? No. Do they know what you do? No. I don't like to talk about my work. That's work. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's the place <laughs> yeah. to start, you know, mm-hmm. and, start. and having coached you in the past, Colleen, I have always known you as the person who specializes with bipolar. 
So someone yeah. like me, it's really good for me to know, and I'm glad I'm learning this, is that, hey, yes, bipolar and those people that are in that extreme anxious perfectionism too, because there's a correlation mm -hmm. between some of the yeah. impact in life, right? Yeah. So even yeah. I have known you <laughs> like yeah. a certain way. Yeah, both of us were like, okay, so it was bipolar, it was that. <laughs> But I think also, like, I know you, you kind of vaguely mentioned, like, I'm exploring some other ways to help, right? Yeah. I know one of those ways is brain spotting, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then is, yeah. it, is it somatic experiencing somatic work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing training so, first. Yeah. Like, these are the things that like, I love referring people to personally, right? Uh -huh. um, and so I think there's also some like room to explore and play with that as well, right? A lot mm -hmm. of the people that I know that are doing brain spotting and that are moving through that, they'll do like mini brain spotting coaching sessions, not therapy sessions, but they'll do like little coaching sessions with friends and family members. So they get an experience of what the brain spotting is. And that can be really mm -hmm. helpful um, with something that's, that's kind of so new and different. Mm-hmm help people. And it can be like a really fun way to like support people around you and then bring that when they have this experience of it with you. And I think most of the time as therapists, like we don't get to tell people like, this is what therapy is like with me. Mm -hmm. like, we just don't get to do that. And mm -hmm. so the fact that brain spotting is a way that there is a way to do it in a coaching perspective yeah. <laughs> and give people a little bit of like a expansion you know. work or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give them a taste. Even, you know, if you do have some amazing referral sources, even for them to say, Hey, I'd love to show you what it's about. Um, so how, let's just take a moment. How does this part feel for you so far? Does it feel, Hmm. Do you feel open to what we're saying? Does it feel easeful or possible? Yes. Yeah. I, um, because when it is something I'm excited and passionate about, it's e easy, of course, for me to talk to folks. And I, I have already talked to some colleagues about like what I've been learning and um, that like I'm recognizing more and more the this kind of uh, population of folks that are showing up and um, that are doing really good work. Um, and part of <laughs> part of what is interesting because they're perfectionists is, they work really hard in therapy. And so like, that's part of the conversation is like, you don't have to be perfect in therapy, but that they're engaged yeah. and they, they want to feel better. Um, so I've already started doing that. And I, um, I like, I really enjoy doing like psychoeducation kind of teaching role a bit. So, um, so I've, I've done that a, a few times, like with the, you know, doing the brain spotting coaching kind of, or, or somatic techniques. Um, okay. so, so doing that with folks I, I know, um, feels okay. Feels all right. Good. It feels good. I want you just to do a scan of your body and mm -hmm. I want to see if there's any part of you that, that there's any sensation that doesn't feel aligned or that has any kind of tension or questions about any of this. I noticed there's a little like flutter in my chest. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's 
it's kind of excitement to decide it's I think it's um kind of appropriate to the situation like new and excitement it doesn't feel like it's afraid right mm. cool. I love that so yeah. as we talk about now we want to how do you show up to Google how do these perfectionist Google and find you again we probably do some keyword research just to see on that new specialty page what keywords we want to put on that specialty page make sure the home page still has some of those keywords as well pretty easy like 30 minutes of some research to seeing if there's any other tweaks we can make and where you're at with some of your ranking so going into the Google search console just seeing where you're ranking are you close to first page or are you already on first page for things? Is there anything we want to just adjust or go for a little bit more with the keywords on your website? Yeah. I know from having looked at your, at your data in the past that you've, you've done a good job over time of ranking for some general keywords, you know, counseling in Sacramento or therapists in Sacramento. And over the last couple of years, you just started to like dip down into that, into Mm -hmm. that second page. So we've been kind of working towards bringing that up for this particular one, um, being more specific about like anxiety therapists in Sacramento or anxiety treatment in Sacramento, um, that could be enough and working on just that kind of a, that keywords in terms of what's on page and maybe, maybe a few blogs, not a lot, just maybe a few blogs, um, could be enough to not just help you make sure you're ranking for the anxiety therapist in Sacramento, but often when we work on those specialty page rankings, it helps the ranking of our sites overall. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking to each other. Yeah. Yes. Some of the pieces of that, right? No, I, I expect that from you too. I know. <laughs> And I think the the final piece too of where you're at, like, again, you don't need to blog once a week, um, you know, to, until you get to the first page, like we we don't need to be that aggressive for where you're at. Um, But what we might do, have you explored doing Haro kind of stuff at all? Haro is help a reporter out. It's where we get um, featured in other, for the people listening, get featured Mm -hmm. in online articles, newspapers, magazines, things like that. Yeah. So again, I did that like four or five, six years ago um, and um, did guest blogging or was quoted in various articles and um, usually about bipolar disorder, um, but also anxiety and depression. Did you, but I haven't done it. Did you enjoy it or was it a time suck? Both. <laughs> I, I, I like I that. Mean, like, like I did enjoy it and it was a time suck. And, and so it took that. a lot of time, depending on, you know, like they'd send me this list of questions and I'd be like, hmm. so I, I would sometimes say, okay, I I can only answer this much or like, I'm not writing your whole article for you or, yeah. um, or um, I've done a, a couple of podcast guests um, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So that might be another place to explore 
Um, especially if you can keep your boundaries around it and maybe we can even help you come up with how to do that more quickly. I love that you already have experienced the setting of boundaries. Like I'm not writing your whole article, like what's going on. Um, maybe there's some things we can do to help you learn how to write in snippets for things that they can copy and paste. I think that's the biggest piece of advice that I give to people when I look at their submissions is like, mm-hmm. don't tell them everything, just write it in a snippet and literally like put quotes around it and put your name, <laughs> like make it so they can just copy and paste and be like, here's what I want you to say that I said and make it like super clear. Um, I wonder if that might be less time consuming than doing a lot of blogging um, or or doing any blogging, to be honest. <laughs> Um, and might give you more of a, of a boost with where you're at right now. Yeah. I think you could weigh using the templates we have in business school. There's six blogs where you plug in. I'm on number four. Okay. So So you're already doing that. So you just have a couple more and then doing a little bit of Haro each week, maybe like 20 minutes of like set a timer, respond to one or two and be done. Because I think continuing to well, giving a little boost of reviving backlinks to your website. So what we're talking about for those listening is that piece of not only do we want Colleen's website to rank organically with what she's doing, mm-hmm. but it will be helpful when other st- sites validate and say, yeah, this is what she's talking about. And she is an expert and she does know things. Yeah. Uh, it helps with that. It's kind of... Um... If you think about the idea that Google's really trying to, they get paid based on giving people really good information, really good Mm -hmm. results. And one of the ways that their algorithm tests whether you're a good result is based on whether other people say that because they're just using little robots. Yeah. So this is Mm -hmm. a way that the robots can look and say, oh, the Wall Street Journal or the Times or Oprah Magazine or whatever these other things said that this was good enough. This was reviewed by a human. So we're going to give that um, more weight than we're going to give something else. Um, sometimes even getting uh, getting interviewed by your alma mater, um, having a link back from a .edu account and some of these other things can actually be really, really impactful as well. Okay. So we've talked about networking. We've talked about ranking the website. We've talked about sending other traffic to your website in other ways. Can you share with me your thoughts on social media? Do you love it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I I like social media. I have difficulty, like what with what you were saying, Miranda, with being succinct because I'm a verbal processor, which I guess is not a surprise given I'm a therapist, but it's hard for me to, and part of this is like neurodivergence, like have all these ideas and to like, I get lost in the weeds and I need to like create a succinct message. So it's like, I'll see a pattern among clients and I'll like, oh, this is something that could be helpful for folks. And then I will, you know, pick an easy image. Um, you know, I've, uh, I no longer spend, you know, half an hour trying to find the for perfect picture. Um, so, so, but then I start writing and creating the, the image and it's like, 
that that's way too much information, doesn't make sense. And then I spend half an hour trying to like get my point across in a social media, like, you know, I have attention span. So I have difficulty with that part. I have nothing but a gut reaction. And so take it or leave it. But (laughs) I'd rather you be featured on other people's social media than you managing your own. So I'd rather you be seen as an expert and a go-to person, especially for these people who are highly anxious, who are probably not scrolling. I have a, you know, they like Mm. want, maybe they, okay, maybe they are, but. They scroll to avoid, they check out. They're scrolling to avoid, but they're probably scrolling people. Gardening. Well, it's gardening, but it's also like, um, I can't think of the word right now, but like, how do I biohack my body? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Garage. What about breathing techniques? What about this? Mm-hmm. What about yeah. Talking like, about us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's my Instagram. Okay? A, I'm, I'm sharing my Instagram, <laughs> Kelly. I wasn't outing you. I was outing myself. <laughs> they're talking, they're, they're talking about yes. medicine. They're following cap you know, ketamine assisted, they're curious about psilocybin, like it's all of the things they're trying to find how to fix. Yes. Yes. So you coming on to other podcasts, you sharing these pieces as this established expert and showing up in those places is going to be impactful. I don't, yeah, there's just something about letting, if you wanted to go the social media route, letting other people provide the container for which you to shine instead of you having to also create the container and also the content and everything. It's one of the thoughts. So it sounds like too, what you were saying is like, you've done some education and you really love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as you're doing, this is what we call the leverage points of marketing. Yeah. As you're building the relationships, as you're reconnecting with old referral sources, also opening up of like, I'm here for consultation. I'm happy to provide education. I'm, you know, then you can actually build that relationship while also educating and empowering people and being visible in your community. So let's talk about specifically when we say like, I'm connecting with an old referral source and I'm offering education. What does that mean? Because I think sometimes we can like Mm -hmm. in the way that we show up for people. So an example that I've seen that I I think can be really helpful, let's say you have an attorney's office that has referred to in the past, whatever, or a doctor's office referred to in the past, doing a 20 minute lunch and learn for their staff for free, that would be a lovely thing. Hey, I can do some education. I can give some support. And then I have maybe it's 10 people or 20 people in this 20 20 minute conversation that are getting this information, going to work with a group of business owners. Hey, here's how to support your highly anxious employees and how to reduce turnover, right? Like that could be really impactful for some of these tech companies. Here's how to attract Mm -hmm. highly anxious people and how to make sure that they don't burn out as they're working for you and keep this working. Here are some resources that these individuals can, can look towards so that they can sustain what they're doing because they'll be really great performers and then you'll see their productivity drop off over time because you'll lose them if ABCD. So one of the mistakes people make when they're building out what they're going to offer is that they create all the things before they really know the need of that other 
So you want to have some ideas of what might be helpful, but also engage in a conversation. Like that's why we don't say go print brochures <laughs> and pamphlets for doctor's offices. Like it might be more effective to have a prescription pad for their anxiety disorder. And it's go to therapy once a week and here's a referral, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot. So being curious and open to where, where you feel passionate and what you would love to teach on and what their needs are. And then from there, you create that synergy of the offer. Okay. Does the, is there anything, does it feel clear or does it feel fuzzy what we've talked about so far? Um, it feels like a lot, but it feels clear. Okay. Like, I think I can watch this and, <laughs> and write it down because I'm visual kinesthetic too. Um, and then I think the step for me is I get referrals from individuals. I don't necessarily get like attorney's office or doctor's office or, or this group of folks. So it's, um, that may be something that maybe I need to research to see if that's. Yeah, or maybe you know, again, that might be over time as these, as these situations come up. Right. So if you were just to pause, kind of close your eyes and breathe into your body. And you were to just kind of ask yourself based on everything that you heard, what are the, what are the two things that you feel excited and energized to implement over the next 30 days? Well, I'm going on vacation for two weeks, so. 45 days. So okay. We can change it. We, we um, uh, talking with folks, I know, um, family, friends, colleagues, um, about what I'm doing and yeah. how I help and who I help. Um, and, um, one of those pieces of, I don't know if it's Haro or podcasts or or like doing a 20 minute lunch and learn or something where I am like talking to folks more about what I can do and how to help them. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not sure which one. I actually I have this thought, <clears throat> which you know might be kind of interesting. What if we were to like bring back the like housewarming or the office warming or the like getting together and having a garden party like what would it be like we I say garden like, party because you have an amazing garden yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what would it's it under construction right now so <laughs> to bring some people together all these people that you like really enjoy if you're excited about the idea what if you put them on one place and you're like hey I just want to have like a little like get together party. It feels safe enough right now with COVID. Let's get outside and like meet in the park and there'll be time for networking and kind of sharing. And I'm going to give just like a little like five minute on brain spotting. And then I'm going to be doing, if people dig it while people are networking, I'm just going to do like some like mini little brain spotting sessions with people so they could like have this experience. Like, could we even like if the idea of teaching, right, as an introvert doesn't feel overwhelming, but it feels kind of exciting, 
what if you like did that with all your people and brought them together? Just a thought. It's an Hmm. option. Yeah. And then let them know, hey, I'm available to do these kinds of things. If you know doctors or attorneys or whatever, I can do this and do lunch and learns. And then you brought all those people together who could be resources for you to even connect you with lunch and learns or with clients. See, I think what comes from this is just knowing that you have lots of options and you have time, right? You have time and pacing. If Mm -hmm. I were to prioritize anything, it would be connecting with people and letting them know what you're up to and actually adding a page to the website. (laughs) Because I know that that in the long, the sooner you get that done, Mm -hmm. like if if there was only two things you did starting there would like one thing that may not be as fun, (laughs) a little bit more eating the frog and another thing that really lights you up. And balancing and pacing and first trying that on and seeing how you can stay regulated and then not Mm -hmm. feel like you're shooting to the moon with everything, right? Yeah. So breathe that that in for a second. You don't have to do all the things, Colleen. I mean, I don't have to be a perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's the other thing. We like to replicate our niche. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I I have a question, though. I have an anxiety, a page for anxiety on my website. It's been there since the beginning. Should I rewrite that to fit this ideal client or have another like perfectionist anxiety high achiever page? I would do a perfectionist high achiever page. Yeah. Okay. And leave the anxiety page there. We can look at the anxiety page and just see how it's performing and how it's ranking too. But I think it'd be good to get something new on the site. That's really specific to these professional perfectionistic people. Yeah. Okay. And always inside of the anxiety page being like, if you're a perfectionist, like go here. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, I'm just okay. anxious. I'm just having panic attacks. That's different than like him, a perfectionist overachiever. Because sometimes the perfectionists are like, when you describe anxiety disorder, you describe us having anxiety. They're like, well, I'm not that bad because their symptoms don't look the same as others. And because- her culture supports it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's more they don't, yeah. yeah, they don't see themselves as perfectionists. Yeah. They see themselves as failing to yeah. be perfect. Yeah. yeah. So we'll so, look at what keywords look like, but yeah. first get the messaging up and yeah. then we can okay. research what keywords you would use for that. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's a great question. Other questions? Um, like about what we talked about, like, does that feel like clear? It does. Yeah. Those, those first two steps feel yeah. clear. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can watch this and we can use those two steps to inform kind of what's next. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this is the piece too. I, I love like a three month marketing plan. They're fantastic. And sometimes when we have things established, sometimes just looking out two months can be a little bit easier. Um, and then we can use that data to inform the next two months. Yeah. So if we're getting kind of bogged down into like, I need a one-year plan, but I don't know how this is going to go. We just need your first step. We just need the first (laughs) couple of steps and we need to move forward. And we need sometimes smaller plans are Mm -hmm. easier to implement and they're less likely to shut us down. And I feel like for you, smaller is better. 
Yeah. Um, I need it chunked down. Totally capable of doing the big ones, but like your body's in a place where it wants to be regulated. It wants it to feel easy. So like, mm-hmm. let's make it easy. I think there's a reason why you're called to somatic experiencing now like that. There's oh, a, reason. Oh yeah. And that's, yeah. Gonna oh yeah. Re- it's going to reflect in how you do your marketing differently this round, which I am so excited for you yeah. because, um, yeah, it's such a gift to have that knowledge and to use the body as wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. so. definitely. I just yeah. keep thinking about like how, how long it took us to be like, Colleen, you can stop blogging every week. Like you can, <laughs> you're like, I need to, I'm running out of things to blog about. We're like, it's okay. Like you, you could just try blogging once a quarter, once a year, like that, like how long it took for you to like let go that. And now, yeah, because my body, my yeah. nervous system was like, yeah. yeah. So now we're yeah. kind of again, we're repattering, we're slowly bringing it back, mm-hmm. and we're doing it in a different way. So we're just we're, and I think again, this idea that your body is like afraid that's going to be like that again, and so we have to just you know partner slowly. with it really slowly. Uh-huh. No, it was never going to be like that again. Yeah. <laughs> Pauline, thank you so much for being vulnerable, letting the world in on what's going on with you. This is a gift to so many people. And I'm hoping that they all learn from this and all because of your bravery. And so thank you for being thank here. Thank you. I, I hope it helps folks too. And I appreciate uh, you two having this space here for me. Yeah, of course. Always, <laughs> Always Pauline. All right. Until next time, y'all, you can um, go to zinnime.com forward slash pod. We've got free resources for you as well as some like cool little codes and and, uh, cool stuff. So um, thank you all for being with us through this journey. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay and constantly battling burnout, Don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.